You're listening to Season 1, Episode 3. P.S. This is my final straw. Have you ever hated but loved someone at the same time? And I don't mean a cute love-hate frenemy relationship. I mean a burning desire to be rid of someone while simultaneously caring about how they are living. If you have, you know it's frustrating and unhealthy. In this episode, you get to see exactly what that feels like in a diary entry that I see as a love letter, the final letter to my sister. What's up, Buttercup? You're listening to the Call Me Noir podcast presented by The Girl Solution. I'm your host, Alexandria Cox. I'm a mindset and manifestation coach for women of color looking to manifest the life they only dare to dream of. This show is all about sharing the steps and lessons from my own manifestation journey to inspire and lead your progress to the life of your wildest dreams. This season is titled The 365 Day Launch, where it is my goal to show up for you every day and press send. So let's dive in. The other night I had a dream. My sister was dead. In a race against a serial killer, I was initially looking for someone who looked a lot like Emma Watson. My partner and I raced from location to location until we instinctively just knew where to go. You know that way in dreams where you have no idea where you're going and then all of a sudden it just pops into your head and the next thing you know you're there. When I arrived at a clearing in the woods, my heart sank as I walked into a mass grave. I already knew what was coming. I felt it in my soul. About a hundred yards out, the coroner pulled back the sheet on five women. I dropped to the ground and I screamed myself awake. Talk about a chilling nightmare. And for me, it was particularly chilling and crazy because as an empath who regularly experiences deja vu, this dream was troubling. Typically outside of dreams that I have some foreshadowing in, I don't remember my nightmares. I don't remember my dreams. I went on and I shrugged this dream off because I'm not a police officer who chases serial killers. And to be honest, my sister and I are not on good terms. I couldn't pick up the phone if I wanted to. So I said an affirmation for her safety, meditated a little, searched the news for her name, and then moved on. About an hour later, my dad texted me to ask if I had been in contact with my sister. He isn't on good terms with her either. And since he continuously works my last nerves, I ignored the text. Unfortunately, my annoyance with him reignited my anger for my sister. So I had to spend a few minutes calming myself down, meditating again, and then reminding myself, everything's okay. You may be wondering, why is everyone in my family on bad terms? You might also be wondering, why is everyone so worried about my sister? To answer the first question, my family is toxic. Like, frame you for a crime toxic. As far as the second question, Everyone's worried about my sister because she's a nurse. And with COVID-19, it's scary. It's scary to think about what might happen to her. The rest of the day went really well. I didn't give the dream or my family a second thought. Until midnight. At midnight, my darling father started blowing up my phone. My house phone, my cell phone, texts, calls, everything. I groggily woke up in a panic believing something must have turned up with my sister. Why else would he be calling me incessantly at this hour? I didn't answer. I couldn't answer. As long as I didn't answer, my sister was still alive. 
she was safe. Unfortunately, curiosity just started to get the best of me, so I started searching on the internet. And then I came across her Facebook page. I realized, okay, this is an excellent opportunity. I can extend an olive branch, see how she's doing, and just get into a better place with her. At the very least, find out that she's okay, because she would respect that, right? After a deep breath and a sigh, I pressed send. I stepped away from the computer and thought to myself, okay, this should work. We're adults. We can get through this. And just as I turned to go back to bed, the screen refreshed. Error. No content to display. I thought to myself, what? No way. Something's got to be wrong here. And I refreshed the screen over and over again and realized she blocked me. I couldn't believe it. I shrunk to the floor and I started to cry. You see, I'm comfortable with her being mad at me. I'm satisfied with not hearing from her. I'm even okay with not having her as a part of my life. But her death is the only death I can see myself mourning. What you should know about me is I don't cry at funerals. I don't have it in me. Something since I was a kid, I just knew. Not that they were in a better place. I don't feel like that cliche. But that they're still around, that they're still here. I've always had a very strong connection to my spiritual side. And so death really hasn't phased me. Like, kill off a really good character you gave a great background to in a TV show, and I will be bawling for days. But someone here on Earth, who I know lived a full life, I don't cry. But the few times I have feared for my sister's life have left me in shambles. There's no one I really want to go through this life without. And with her being a nurse, I'm worried daily during this outbreak. I keep rationalizing, she's smart. She'll get through this, she'll survive. But back-to-back calls from my father? I don't want to open Schrodinger's box, but I need to know. I have to know. I open my phone to one of my dad's texts. A flash of anger rolls through my body to the point that I'm shaking, ready to break my phone. This man has woken me up in the middle of the night for me to open a piece of mail. A certified letter that came earlier in the day. I sent him a text without even thinking about it again. And he's woken me up at midnight to ask me to open it to read it for him. A letter that will stay the same thing tomorrow. A letter that shouldn't even be coming to my house because I asked him to stop having mail sent to me. You see, maybe you've been through this too, where your parent doesn't quite see you as an adult even though you're, in my case, 27 years old and own your own place. So they feel like they can just do whatever they want, when they want, regardless of what you say. It's frustrating, isn't it? It's a level of disrespect that if it was coming from anyone other than your parent, you would likely cut them off immediately. And everyone would applaud you for setting your boundaries. But oh, that person gave you life, and you somehow owe them that life for the rest of your life. I'm not a fan of that, because I feel like they're still a person, and they still need to respect you. And when you set your boundaries, if they keep stepping on them, they get cut off too. They get taught the same lesson because otherwise they will not treat you in the way that you deserve to be treated. Just like everyone else, you have to teach them how to treat you at every stage of your life. So come back tomorrow 
when I'm going to talk exactly about that while I explain my relationship with my parents and how I'm finally starting to get it right. Did you enjoy this episode? The best way to show some love is to leave a review or take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram at thegirlsolution.com. Also, if you're looking to read up on the show notes or find the latest episode, go to callmenoir.com. I'll see you soon. But until then, remember, where your focus goes, energy flows.